Well, what is vision? Well, Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." Well, the opposite of that also must be true. Where there is a vision, the people will prosper or the people will increase. The word vision in Hebrew means to see. It is the idea of having a spiritual and even a mental image so sharp and so clear that you're able to picture something down here on the inside of you. Dr. Cho, that great pastor in Seoul, Korea, says, If you will show me your vision, I will show you your future. We defined vision last week as being a picture of the future that produces passion. Now, how do we become men and women? How do we become people of vision? I believe that the best way that we can do that is we need to feed on how big our God is. If you'll take time in the book of Psalms... And you will go to the Word of God with the understanding that God is absolutely awesome. He will begin to saturate your spirit with the understanding that He is bigger than anything that you face. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And it is according to the power that's at work within us. See, where there is no vision, the people perish. The Amplified says, where there is no redemptive revelation, the people perish. I pray that you'll get a revelation of the bigness of God and you will trust Him with your life and you will trust Him for big things to occur for the glory of God. What do you say? Big things to occur for the kingdom of God. Big increase so that you can sow more for the glory of God. So number one, feed on the bigness of God. Number two, get involved with a vision that is bigger than your own. Get involved, roll up your sleeves and help someone fulfill what God has put on the inside of them. Make Heart of the Bay Christian Center's vision your vision. My church, my vision. We must all take ownership of the vision. The days ahead are very bright, but it is going to require every one of us to be at our very best in the last of the last days. Another key to becoming a person of vision is get it in your heart and get it in your mouth. Declare regularly, I am a person of vision. I have a vision. Maybe you haven't had light for a long time, but you need to stir yourself up And begin to prophesy and proclaim, I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. And I have vision. So why is it that we dream big dreams? Why is it that God wants us to create and be creative? Because He's a creator. He is the answer to every problem. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And sometimes people get a glimpse of a problem that is taking place in the world. And God drops in them the answer for that problem. And He calls them to go do something about it. 
You better believe that Greyhound bus is an answer to a problem. There's a lot of things out there. And folks, we are not limited to the inventions and to the creativity of yesterday. Our God doesn't change. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why do we pursue vision? What is our motivation? Listen, friend, vision is about you and I obeying the Lord. It's about getting our hearts and our lives prepared to do His will. Vision is about the future. One thing I know for sure is, is that vision leaks. I said vision leaks. And when vision begins to leak, the spirit of despondency tries to come upon you. And like we said last week, that hope that is deferred makes the heart to stoop. Amen. And so because vision leaks, vision must be stirred up. Pray in the Spirit. Praise, hallelujah, in the Spirit. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly and impart a good vision on the inside of you. Vision is about the future. Vision is not about us. It's not about us bragging and, and saying, look what we have done. A person that has the attitude of, look what I have done, it won't be long before what they have done is undone. It's not about, look what I have done. It's about, look and see what the Lord has done. He has done great things. Now listen very carefully. The Bible says it's not important who does the planning or who does the watering. What is important is that God makes the seed to grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together for the same purpose. We're in this together. And both will be rewarded for their hard work. You better believe, Heart of the Bay, as you have sown your time, your talents, and your treasures for the glory of God, you will be rewarded. There are rewards that are out of this world, but there are rewards that belong to us in the here and now. The Bible says that a faithful man is going to receive abundance of blessings. Amen. Amen. You just better come to church when I'm on vacation because Pastor Tom's going to give a testimony. Glory to God that will make the devil mad, but it'll make the saints glad. Vision. My dear friends, is about what's happening now, but it's also about the next generation. Vision is an assignment for us to fulfill and for others to build on. 1 Corinthians 3, 10, 11, it says, Because of God's grace to you and me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation that's already been laid except Jesus Christ. Listen, friends, we're co-laborers in the advancement of the kingdom of God. It is an awesome thing. It is a wonderful thing. 
But there are generations beneath our, our, us baby boomers that are coming up and they're coming on strong. I believe that we're in the last of the last days. And as I taught a message on generations a few months ago, let me remind you what Psalms 145 says. It says that one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. We sit in a building that we weren't supposed to get. We sit in a building that we're not supposed to be able to pay for. But we don't live by not supposed to be able. Because we know that our God is able. And we know that our God is willing. And so we just put our trust and we put our faith in Him. And we enter into the rest of God. And we start enjoying the best that God's got for us. It is a testimony. To look around the congregation, literally, we have a slice of the Bay Area in here. Some people call it a slice of the city. We have got people from all nations, from all places and all faces. We've got white people, African American, Hispanic people, Asian people, all serving the same God and loving one another for the glory of God. I'm telling you, it's an awesome thing. It's a good thing. It's a privilege to pastor a group of people like this. Amen. Amen. And we are prophesying in the name of Jesus that we are experiencing the double. Double strength. Double joy. Double increase. Double attendance. Double offerings. We are in the flow of increase. And I'm telling you, double is doable by the power of Almighty God. Woo! I done preached myself happy. And so vision causes you to get up in the morning. Vision enables you to look forward. Moms and dads, look forward to your children being stalwart spiritually. Look forward to them being strong physically. Look forward to them to being alert mentally. Look forward to your children, your babies that you hold in your arms to be those that the Bible says have come hither, have turned the world upside down. We are world changers. We are not just here making time and going through the passage of time. We are here on kingdom assignment and kingdom business for the glory of God. Brian Houston, that great pastor in Sydney, Australia, who is the pastor of Hillsong Church, says this. He said, our loyalty to the future must be greater than our loyalty to the past. I want to say that again. Our loyalty to the future, it must be greater than our loyalty to the past. And I'm rejoicing of what has taken place in the past. And I'm thankful for what has taken place in the past. But as I look at the book of Haggai 2.9, I found out that the word of the Lord says that the former house and the latter house, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Now what does that mean? That means that God's about to step it up. 
He's about to step up His glory. He's about to step up the spirit of revival. He's about to step it up because He's stepping out and coming soon. Amen. And so our loyalty, our loyalty to the future has got to be as strong as our loyalty to the past. Amen. You see, we are of those who are going to leave an inheritance to our children's children. We at Heart of the Bay, should Jesus tarry, this building will outlive many of us. But this vision remains strong and it remains alive. We are here to leave a legacy. We are here to leave an inheritance to our kids' kids. Somebody say amen. amen. And as I said last week, that vision will absolutely produce the perseverance that you will need and that I will need for waiting for your vision to come to pass. We discussed that the vision is for an appointed time. But thank God at the end it shall speak. Though it tarry, the Bible says, you wait for it. In other words, don't you give up, don't you throw in the towel. What is perseverance? Perseverance, moms and dads. Perseverance, pastoral staff. It is the act of continuing on a course in spite of opposition or difficulty or anything that the enemy might adversely throw at you. You know, the Apostle Paul had the whole nine yards thrown at him. He had the kitchen sink thrown at him. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that you will find that he was in perils among false brethren. That's probably the worst. He was in journeyings often. He was stoned several times and it was not on Colombian red. We find out that the Apostle Paul absolutely went through it. But that's the key. He went through it. You know what Paul's attitude was? Hey, throw the whole nine yards at me. I just came by to let you know, if God be for me, who can be against me? And Paul says, there's nothing going to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he said, yes, in the middle of all these things, we are still more than conquers through him that loves us. Now, as a father or as a parent, you may feel like a failure because maybe you had five children and four and a half of them turned out right. But the other half is a demon child. <laughs> and, and you're feeling condemned and you're feeling bad. Listen, friends, children make their own choices as life goes by. You do your very best as a parent and you keep your faith and your trust in the Lord, committed to the Lord, and sooner or later, there's going to be a boomerang in the realm of the Spirit and they're going to come back to the things of God and the glory of God. Don't you hold your head down. You lift up your eyes toward heaven whence cometh your help. And I'm telling you what, God will use you continuously for the glory of God. Don't you get under condemnation. My Bible says there is therefore now. There ain't no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we're not walking after the flesh, no moss. But we're walking after the spirit. For the law of the spirit. Glory to God. I feel my strength coming back. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Oh, hey, glory to God. 
Look at your neighbor and say, now, no condemnation. And if you have made mistakes, stop beating yourself up. Stop rehearsing the things of the past. The Bible says we are to forget the things which are behind. And we are to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God's bigger than your mistakes. Should I say that nicer? God is bigger than your mistakes? But that's not how I feel. God is bigger than your mistakes. So get off the sidelines and get on back into the game of life and roll your sleeves up and say, I ain't going to get fooled again, devil. You fooled me here and you fooled me there. But no more, Mr. Devil. I'm back. Don't let the past torment you. It's a new day. It's a new hour. The Apostle Paul faced a lot of opposition, but here was his attitude. He said, you know what? None of these things move me. Say that real strong with me. None of these things that I am facing are going to move me. Because I am destined to receive all that God has got for me. Now, along the path of vision, there are going to come several tests. There are going to come several trials. So look with me at James chapter 1 this morning, verses 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. What is your vision? Your vision may be the best mom that you can possibly be. What is your vision? Your vision may be the best father, the best grandfather. Your vision might be to get out of debt so that you can be a greater blessing. What is your vision? Your vision will be tested. Your vision will be tried. But dear friend, just came by to tell you, delays don't necessarily mean denials. Have you ever experienced a delay on the pathway to your vision coming to pass? I'll raise both of my hands. But I want to give you something today that will really help you on this roadway. And it is called the patience, the perseverance of God. James 1 verses 2 through 4. Are you ready? Let's read this and feed on this. James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4. Ready, read. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So, there's something that we know. There's some knowledge that we have, which enables us to be joyful, even in the midst of a bad situation. Amen. You know, we serve a God who can take a bad situation and turn it around for good. I don't know if you listened to Brother T.D. Jakes lately, but he preached a message that was awesome. And the name of it was, It's All Good. Yeah. Amen? Amen? It's all good. Amen. Now notice with me. It may not be good right now, but if you hold fast to the Word of God, it's going to be all good. Amen. He said, now notice, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So is faith then an important ingredient for your vision to come to pass? Yeah. We found out last week how important it is to stay focused on our hope. 
But if we have no faith, then faith has nothing, praise God, to give substance to. So we understand here in verse 4, it says, But let patience have her perfect work. So there is a work that patience can do in our lives. Now notice, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Verse 4 in the Amplified says, But let endurance and steadfast and patience have full play. Let it do a thorough work in your life, so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. What does it mean to be patient? To be patient means to be consistent. To be patient means to be constant at all times. It doesn't mean we just sit tight and become carpet for the devil to walk on. No. When you are patient, patient, you are employing a very powerful force that will hold you up strong when the bridge of your life seems like it's going out. When the bridge of tests and trials in your life seem like it's going out, faith and patience come together as the power twins and hold your bridge up and keep your vision alive. Amen. So when a person perseveres, a person stays after it. A person doesn't quit, but a person stays strong. Turn with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. I love the sound of Bible pages turning, don't you? You know, thank God for the blessed tron that we have up there. But make sure that you bring your Bible to church. In in 35 it says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. So there is a reward, if you will, for having steadfastness, confidence, and faith and patience in walking your vision out. Verse 36, For you have need of patience. Look at your neighbor and say, Be patient. This message will be over soon. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I think that's very interesting. Notice it says with me that after you have done the will of God. In other words, you've received direction from headquarters, right? And the head of the church, the Lord himself, showed you what the will of God is. So, we take that step out of the boat and we begin to walk in the will of God. Very interesting. He says, but listen, you're also on this step you're taking, you're going to need some patience. You're going to need some endurance. You are going to need constancy. Now, I like how the message says it. It says, so don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with His plan. So you'll be there for the promised completion. You know, if everything just happened the same day, Galatians 6, 9 wouldn't be relevant. Is that right? Galatians 6, 9, what does that say? Let me quote it for you. It says, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season... What will we do? We're going to reap. It's going to come to pass. But notice, if we faint not. 
So it becomes our responsibility to keep our spirit man stirred up so that we don't become faint-hearted. How many of you remember a guy in the Bible by the name of Joseph? His dream did not come to pass overnight, did it? Was there opposition to Joseph's dream? Did everyone rally around him? Will everyone rally around you? That's why you need to be very cautious about who you share vision with. We do not want to share vision with people that have no vision. You want to associate with visionaries. You want to run with the winners. Amen. So, Joseph stuck with the vision. And guess what? His vision came to pass. How many have ever heard of a car by the name of Ford? Absolutely, all of us have. Well, Mr. Ford had a dream. But his own dad tried to talk him out of it. You will discover and you will find that when you have dreams and visions, sometimes the ones that are closest to you will try to talk you out of it. Now, I do believe this, that we need to surround ourselves with wisdom and with people of counsel that will counsel you according to the Word of God. But if you know that you know that you know down in your knower that this is of God, let no man talk you out of it. You know, the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians says, when I heard this, he says, I immediately conferred not with flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. So just take that and tuck that away in your spirit today. Understand this. It's great to have spiritual counsel and wise counsel. But wise counsel and spiritual counsel doesn't come out of the head. Spiritual counsel and wise counsel comes out of the heart. Amen? And the Bible says that counsel or wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. And a man of understanding will draw it out. But Mr. Ford's own father tried to talk him out of it. He didn't have any investors. He didn't have any money. You know, everything that God's told me to do, I never had the money for. Just about everything God's ever put in my heart to do. There was going to be a requirement of walking by faith and trust in Him and not by sight. Amen. He didn't have any investors. But you know what? Mr. Ford did not give up. He didn't give up. His dream finally came to pass. And did not Mr. Ford's dream absolutely change the transportation in the USA? In the book called Uncommon Friends, I want you to listen very carefully to this. In the book Uncommon Friends, he wrote about his relationship that he had with Thomas Edison, with Ford, with Harvey Firestone. I can't remember the author's name. But all of these guys, these visionaries, what they did is they bought homes in Fort Myers, Florida. You know it's a smart thing to go to Florida in the winter. Thank you for those amens. But these visionaries, they bought houses close to one another. Why did they do that? So that they could play pinochle? So that they could play cribbage? They might have done all of those things. But they bought them so they could get together and throw out ideas and pick each other's brain. Listen, friends, you know of people that are further along than you 
in this walk with God. Employ their association if you possibly can. Have people that know more about God, amen, impart what they've got on the inside of them to you. Somebody says, well, I I really enjoy, you know, certain ministers and I love their teachings. But, you know, I know if I called them up, we would never be able to go out to dinner. But you know what? You don't have to go out with dinner with someone to have the anointing upon their lives rub off on you. Are you listening to me? You do not have to be best buddies with apostle so-and-so or prophet so-and-so and pastor so-and-so. For you, amen, to get on the inside of you what God wants to get to you. So what do you do? See, association comes by environment. The anointing is increased in our lives by the associates that we keep. The kind of atmosphere that we walk in every day of our lives. Amen. I remember going out with uh, Pastor Burnell one time. We went out to... Macaroni Grill, that was when Marilyn Hickey was in their church many years ago. And uh, I just told Brother Dick, and I love Brother Burnell, he's awesome. And I said, Brother Dick, I just want you to know I love hanging out with you because you've got a spirit of prosperity on you. You've got a spirit of increase on you. Amen. Amen. That's an awesome thing. Mm -hmm. And so make sure that you employ to the best of your abilities winners. I can remember when I was in treatment center back in 1974, I was warned by my head counselor, Gary Sullivan, great guy. And he said, now, Mark, he says, you're going to see all sorts of people in this treatment center. This treatment center was filled with drug addicts. It was filled with alcoholics. And it was filled also with people that had just gotten out of the prison system. And then also they had other people in the particular setting. But he told me, he says, now Mark, here's what you want to watch out for. Why don't you make sure that you stick with the winners? And he said, it will not take you very long to identify who is a winner and who's just in there doing their time. And you know, it doesn't take you very long to identify who's a winner and who's a whiner. It doesn't take you very long to identify who's a victor and who's a victim. Amen. Amen. It doesn't take you very long to identify who's a complainer and who's a praiser. It's like Joyce Meyer said years ago. She said this. She said, if you complain, guess what? You will remain. But if you praise, what will happen? You'll be raised. Absolutely. The first thing that will get raised in your life when you're a praiser is your spirit will begin to be buoyant again. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How, Pastor Mark? By praying in the Holy Ghost. You'll you'll see in your spirit, when you go up into the throne room of grace, you'll begin to see things more clearly. Some of you need to go back to the throne room. Some of you need to get into the presence of God. And God will clarify the things that He has said to you, some of you, ten years ago. Some of you maybe even five years ago. I exhort you as your pastor, 
to take the time to wait on God. And as you wait on God, God will unveil, He will reveal, and He will disclose vision unto you. You talk about running with the winners. You can't beat the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You talk, talk about running with the winners. You can't beat John. You can't beat Paul. You can't beat Peter. You can't beat, glory to God, the Word of God. So make sure that you're saturated and you're associating with people that have more vision than you. And friend, if you don't have a vision, get involved in their vision as you're led by the Spirit of God. And you will begin to see you develop a spirit of increase in your life. Everyone raise your hands and say, the Lord is giving me vision. So whose vision do you want? I only want God's vision. See, the Bible says, except the Lord builds the house, what happens? They that labor, labor in vain that build it. Proverbs says that many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose or the Lord's vision for him that will stand. It furthermore says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Listen, vision doesn't come out of your head. Vision comes out of your heart. And notice what the Bible says in closing. Turn to me to John chapter 5 and verse 30. Yield to God's vision. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yield. It means to give place. It means to submit, to comply, to surrender. Yield. Let God be God. I believe the Lord is saying to us this morning, keep a tender heart toward His Word, toward the Holy Spirit, and toward others. Here's John 5, verse 30. Notice this, what He says. He says, I am not here to seek my own will. We could say in the context of this morning's message, I am not here, amen, to seek my own vision. But I will seek the will, the vision of my Father who sent me. And so, if we're going to follow the Master closely, that ought to be our prayer. Go ahead and pray it out of your heart right now and say it with me in the name of Jesus. I am yielded to my Father's vision. I seek the will. I seek the plan and the purposes of God for my life. Thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Praise the Lord. You're here this morning.